0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at wwwlife churchcomau Thank you. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me. Second Kings chapter 5. Second uh, Kings chapter 5, just one verse. Just to kind of kick us off this morning. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Let's pray. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. I just love, Father, how your word is so simple and yet so profound, it has the capacity to change our eternal destinies let this word bring fruit for your glory Uh, let the spirit of this word touch our lives lord god let it minister to us body soul and spirit lord god i pray let your miracle working power of god be released even as we look at your word today lord god i pray let there be nothing in me that hinders this word bind every spirit of fear and intimidation in jesus name let your name be exalted on high, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, today's a special day as we celebrate one of the ordinances of the church, uh, baptism we're going to be doing it in the next service. Those of you that want to stay back, feel free. Uh, we baptize people in obedience to the command of Jesus who said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're doing this morning. We've already had a couple of people be baptized in our Italian congregation. And we're going to have a few more in the next service. This morning, as we reflect on baptism, I want to look at a well-known story. It's the story of Naaman. It's the healing story of Naaman. Stories found in 2 Kings chapter 5. Encourage you to go home read the whole chapter. We're going to look at the story together briefly and then I just want to make some applications on, on, uh, on our own lives and how we can apply some of the principles of this story into our own hearts and lives. How many people know that there are no accidents in the Bible? Stories that are in the Bible are there for a reason and they speak to us even thousands of years later. Story revolves around a man named Naaman who was commander of the Syrian army we introduced to him in the first verse as we read in our text the Bible says that he was respected by his superiors by his peers courageous had won many battles for uh, Syria but he but he had leprosy Leprosy was one of the worst diseases a person could get in Bible times. It was a death sentence. When you said someone had leprosy, it wasn't saying, what it was actually saying was sooner or later, this person is going to die. It might be weeks or months or years, but the person is on a trajectory towards death. The story also includes a young Jewish girl. Uh, who was the servant of Naaman's wife. The way she became a servant was she was taken captive by Syrian raiders. They would go out, uh, uh, take over cities, capture some of the people, bring them home, and use them as slaves. So you can imagine the life of this young Jewish girl who'd been captured by these raiders, sent back to Syria, forced to become a slave away from her home, away from her family. You might think she's bitter, you might think she's angry upset instead she has a completely different spirit she says to Naaman's wife if only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria he would cure him of the leprosy if, if only Naaman would see Elisha I know that he could be cured of his leprosy Another character in the story is the king of Syria Naaman's boss Naaman tells the king this young girl had said he says why don't you go it'll be great so Naaman takes off with an entourage with gifts and money and clothing and uh, silver and gold and a letter from the king first goes to the king of Israel and the king of Israel loses it like he's going who he knows he knows Naaman's reputation he knows who this guy is and he starts to think What's he doing coming to me? What's he doing coming to me thinking that I could actually uh, cure him of this leprosy? He's only coming to me because he wants to pick a fight. He says, there's no way that I could cure him of this leprosy. Elijah, prophet, our fourth character in the story, hears about this and says, just send him to me. So Naaman goes to Elijah. Elijah uh, doesn't even come out to speak to him, sends out his servant, to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh shall be restored. It was a simple message, no long sermon, no dramatic pr- uh, prayer meeting, no shouting, no special anointing of special oil. Elijah just sends a messenger out and says, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and you'll be healed. Naaman's ticked off. He is absolutely ticked off. Elijah's not even showing any respect, doesn't even come out the bible says that naaman went away angry and said i thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the lord his god do a special little dance or wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy and to make things worse he wants me to go and wash in the jordan so many better rivers in syria so naaman is disgusted feels disrespected and he decides to go back to syria in a rage the bible says he's fuming so Naaman's servant waits and he cools down a bit and then he says my father if the prophet had told you to do some great thing would you not have done it how much more then, when he tells you just go and wash and be cleansed he says if Elijah had asked you to take a city capture enemy soldiers prove your worth you would have done it all he's asked you to do is wash yourself in the Jordan seven times for goodness sake why don't you at least give it a try what have you got to lose so after thinking about this high-powered battle-hardened general does something he's probably never ever done before he humbles himself he humbles himself and decides to obey the prophet he goes down to the jordan washes himself seven times and on the seventh time he comes up and he's completely whole completely cured of leprosy do we still believe that god heals today I want to believe it in the name of Jesus I challenge myself weekly to believe that God can do the impossible I understand you know that miracles are temporary salvation is eternal I get all of that and 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 certainly we're going to talk about that this morning I want to believe for the greatest miracle but I still want to believe that God is going to move amongst these people with power in the name of Jesus Naaman then goes back to Elijah and says now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel Naaman not only had a physical healing in that moment he also had a spiritual healing I know that who the true God is I will submit my life to him Naaman offers Elijah all these gifts Elijah refuses them should read the rest of the chapter because there's a great story there about his servant was not great but but it's a it's a very good story And so just as we look at this simple story in the Bible, I just want to make a few applications that I pray will speak to all of us here today because the principles might be simple, but they are profound in being able to transform the human heart first thing I want us to note from the story is that Naaman has an incurable disease I love the way the text introduces him now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram he was a great man in the sight of his master highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram he was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy no, notice how he's presented commander of an army great man highly respected, successful valiant soldier I kind of saw myself there I don't know about you but I just Sorry. Um, You you can just imagine what kind of a man this guy was. He's this uh, type A, he's a go-getter, strategic, he's smart. um, No problem ever to be. He's the kind of guy you want on your side, not on the opposition side. You know what I'm saying? And I just love the way the Bible says, describing this great man, adjective after Jack, adjective, but he had leprosy. Bible times, there was no cure for leprosy leprosy was a death sentence it was just a question of time before he would be ostracized deteriorate and die and despite his strength his intelligence his strategic thinking that despite the position that he was we have just heard what an incredible man he was that despite his stature his intelligence, strategic thinking couldn't deal with the leprosy in his life throughout the bible leprosy was presented as a type of sin leprosy like sin starts out small it's just a little redness in the skin it doesn't look like much it just looks like a little bit of a rash nothing nothing uh, nothing too serious but it would gradually get worse and worse and worse and affect the whole body in particular it would deaden the nerve endings where the person would no longer feel uh, parts of their body and as a result of that you know some of the The literature that I've read says you know they would be sleeping at night mice would kind of start chewing off parts of their parts of their fingers and so on eventually they became disfigured they would be marginalized and alone sin has the same trajectory in our lives starts off small It's just a little thing, it's really not that big. What's the problem, Pastor Joe? You're just old school, that's the problem with you. It just starts off as a a little thing, but it gradually grows and then grows and then grows and grows and grows until it affects our whole body, our whole lives. Causes us to no longer sense the presence of God. We can no longer feel the touch of God, where before we were very sensitive to the presence of God. We're no longer hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit because we've continuously said no to the Holy Spirit. So much so now we can come to a church, we we can be in a worship service, hear the Word of God, but it doesn't change us or shift us. We continue with our behaviour. And slowly, it continues to grow until we become marginalized and alone as we experience the consequences of sin like leprosy sin is painful progressive it is contagious and it changes us it disfigures us it changes who we are it it it, it changes who we are it changes how we look there's it's like a a, 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 and I've seen this in some people some people who loved God worship God and then and then they they turn away from God it's like a darkness comes over their life it changes who you are sin changes us make no mistake about it just like Naaman all of us have a leprosy problem not the leprosy on the outside the leprosy on the inside called sin and the problem is there's absolutely nothing we can do to heal ourselves irrespective of how intelligent we are powerful strong strategic we are oh pastor joe you don't understand who i am not a single thing we can do to save ourselves some people joke around and say when i get to heaven i'm just going to slip you know peter a 50 you know get through the door Heaven is a little bit like Italy. It's not what you know, it's who you know that matters. And the only way we can deal with the problem of sin is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Bible says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved not a church not a religion the name of the lord second thing we notice in the story is the young girl to me she's the hero in the story you know we Naaman's presented as this amazing guy you know and and she's the little girl she's the she's the nothing she's the servant she's the she's the one who was kind of captured but to me she's the hero in in god's eyes she's the giant Naaman is this uh, small insignificant person and he has this girl at every reason to become angry bitter resentful for what, if I was this girl and I heard Naaman had leprosy i tell you what I would have said serves him right finally revenge finally vindication he's getting what he deserves how many other people would think like me come on just just give me help me a little bit come on you guys all look holy I know who you really are don't you worry instead what we find is this young girl has a she has a completely different spirit there's a miracle she has a completely different spirit she says to naaman's wife only my master would see the prophet who's in syria in samaria he would cure him of his leprosy speaks to us this girl speaks to us about a couple of things first the pain in our lives can either make us bitter or it can be a source of growth in our lives the pain it's not it's not the issues it's what we do with those issues and if we bring those issues to God he has this way of turning them around and using them for his glory all of us are going to go through hardships in our lives things we don't understand things that don't make any sense the perplexities of life what determines our reaction to them is our perspective of God do we really believe that he exists? Do we really believe that he's sovereign? Do we really believe that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth? He's in control. And, and, and often there's, a, there's the question, it's the, it's the crisis of, ba- of faith. We've talked about this last few weeks, the dark night of the soul, where, you know, I know that God is amazing. I know that God is all powerful. I know that he's the creator of, it, of the ends of the earth, but he doesn't seem very powerful in my life right now. And that's, that's, the, that's the crisis of faith. It's a perplexing question. It's the dark night of the soul. I don't know why God is not intervening. And those questions can either destroy us. Those questions can either cause us to turn away from God and turn our back onto God, or they can thrust us into the presence of God. Greatest thing that we can do is bring our pain to God. The greatest thing that we can do with those, with those questions is bring them into the presence of God. The greatest thing that we can do is just come, in, come into the presence of God and, 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 just, and just talk to God about whatever it is that we're going through. Because it's in the presence of God that God does some of His greatest work. It's it's in the presence of God that God begins to shape us, that God begins to shape the human heart. It's in the presence of God. It's waiting on God with our hands lifted high. It's the posture of our hands lifted high that says, Lord, I'm surrendering to you. Lord, I know that you're sovereign. I know that you're great, Lord God. I just don't understand why. And it's in the presence of God that God does some of his greatest work in, in shaping the human heart. It's in the presence of God where perspective starts to change. It's, the pres- it's, in the, it's in the presence of God where kind of we're lifted up higher and higher and higher. And we start to see our lives. We start to see those situations from his eyes as opposed to our eyes. It's only in the presence of God that we can find healing. And this young girl, she inspires me. She inspires me. She could have easily allowed this situation to make her bitter. She had every right to. She was a victim in the truest sense of the word, but she refused to bow down to a victim mindset. She takes responsibility for her life and she's used by God in this situation. It's powerful. We could stop right here and do an altar call. We'd all be here. Brings us to the second lesson from this girl and that is she pointed Naaman to God. Elijah in the story was the one God used to minister to Naaman. Young girl was used by God to point Naaman to God. All of us that are in faith are here because someone pointed us to Christ. Because someone dared to speak to us about Jesus. Because someone took a risk and spoke to us about Jesus. The Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We just read that scripture, powerful scripture. But listen to what the next verse says, Romans 10, 14. Now then, and how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one for whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? What, what, what Paul is saying here is everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they going to call on the name of the Lord if they've never heard anyone speak to them about Jesus? we're uh, at a funeral uh, just, uh, just the other day. Uh, Danny's grandfather passed away. Had a, had a video up there uh, of a guy who kind of shared a little bit about him. It just, it just ministered to me. He said, we worked together with, with him and uh, we were working in a particular place. And he said to me, he said to me um, you need to give your life to Jesus. <laughs> and he begins to speak to him about Jesus. And he said, um, my life was radically changed. I went away thinking because it just, it just touched me. I thought, what if he hadn't spoken to him about Jesus? What if he you know, was timid? What if he was, you know, oh I, don't know if I can, oh, I don't know if I should impose my values on anybody because that's what the world is saying today. Who are we to tell other people? No, he didn't, wasn't bothered by any of that. He spoke to him about Jesus. This man was in faith and you could see the appreciation on his life. How will they call on the name of the Lord if no one speaks to them about Jesus? And here was this young girl who dares to say, why don't you go to Samaria and you'll meet Elijah, but more than that, you're gonna actually meet God. Paul goes on to say, and how can anyone preach unless they were sent as it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. All of us are called to the Ministry of Reconciliation. You are where you are. You you have been placed where you have been placed, not just to enjoy the presence of God. You've been placed where you are to be, to minister to those around you, the Ministry of Reconciliation. To take every opportunity to speak about Jesus talk about what jesus has done in our lives pastor joe they laugh at me they don't listen to me that's okay it's not our responsibilities just to speak the truth and then let god do the rest people are happy to talk about their oh i don't know sorry we went to this great restaurant oh it was a great restaurant it was a great restaurant or great this new dishwashing liquid you know i talk about that stuff all the time you know Uh, oh it's great we talk about stuff that's great in our lives and we're okay to talk about that at some point we need to talk about jesus incredible work that jesus has done in our lives can i hear an amen? amen and so let's pray every day lord use me to point someone to christ and it's not bashing people over the head it's not if turn or burn you know it's not that It's just being Jesus. Be Jesus and take every opportunity to speak about what Jesus has done in your life. Third thing that we learn from the story is that salvation is simple. Elijah sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and and your flesh shall be restored. Naaman was upset about this. Naaman wanted Elijah to come out with pomp and ceremony, you know, do a special ritual he only does for important people and heal them. None of that. Speaks to us about how God deals with the sin in our lives. See, it it, it doesn't matter if we're rich, poor, educated or not, well-known or not, high class or low class. There's only one way that we can be saved, and that is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Peter says in Acts, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved, other than the name of Jesus. Only Jesus can save. It's by inviting Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. It's accepting Jesus Christ into our lives, into our hearts, that we can be saved, that we experience the miracle of salvation. I've already seen a couple of baptisms, and um, and I, I'm just overwhelmed with the when I, when, I, when I see people saying, I'm going to give my life, I'm going to serve Jesus all the days of my life, it just shifts something inside of you. It's just powerful. It's powerful. We can be saved by acknowledging that we're sinners. It's where it begins. Believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and confessing Him, confessing Him as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says, if you declare... With your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's in your, Pastor John, just believe it in my heart. I'm just a heart. I'm just, it's, all, it's not just about the heart. It's the confession of our, of our lips. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to serve Jesus Christ all the days of my life. Once we've accepted Jesus, then the Bible says we need to get baptized in water. It's the next step in our faith journey. Baptism doesn't save us, but it's a seal of the decision we've made to follow Jesus Christ. A person that says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I don't want to get baptized, doesn't make sense. (laughs) Baptism is a public confession of our faith in Christ, first to God, then to the enemy. Then to the people that are, there today, that, are, that are there watching, as of today, I choose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's saying to God, Lord, I want you to know that as of today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you all the days of my life. It's saying to the enemy, the spiritual forces around us to say, you throw whatever you want at me, but I'm going to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ all the days of my life. And it's saying to the people that are watching, as of today, you can count me in. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Salvation is too simple. That's the problem with it, I think. If it was a bit more complicated, I think people might actually be open to it. God doesn't say, you know, to be saved, you need to pray for hours. You're praying long enough. Do a pilgrimage. You know, I was... We were in uh, South America one time and we we saw this pilgrimage that they do. People were saying they do them, some people do them on their knees. They're scraping their knees thinking that God is so, man, did you do it on your knees? Oh, that's, oh, I'm so impressed. Sleep on nails, some people think that's what God wants us to do to be saved. Eat nuts. Nuts are okay, you know, I mean, just got to get the right ones, you know. few sweets every now and then just you know one day a jailer asked peter and silas what must i do to be saved what did they reply they replied believe in the lord jesus christ you will be saved you and your household how powerful is that it's the message of the gospel of jesus it can't get more simple than that message there final lesson we learned from the story is that pride is the only impediment to salvation elijah says to him go and wash in the jordan but naaman went away angry and said i thought that he would surely come out and so on and so on his servant said to him if elijah asked you to do something difficult would you have not done it if he had asked you to conquer a nation take captives pay silver and gold would you not have done it all he's asked you to do is this simple thing why don't you give it a try the reality is this is it was simple on the outside but actually underneath it was really difficult for him you see for Naaman to wash in the Jordan it meant that he had to humble himself before the prophet he had to humble himself before the God of Israel I love the way God God deals I love the way God deals with our hearts and the way God deals with Naaman you see Naaman's greatest problem was not leprosy his greatest problem was pride and so God deals with this by saying Elijah doesn't even come out and see him which exposes the pride in his life. It exposes it. Don't does he know who I am? I'm a big, big person. Should have come out and speak to someone important like me. What God was doing through that situation was exposing the pride in his life. so Naaman had to make a decision either to surrender control to God or not. He said, There's only one thing that is going to stop us from coming to know Christ. And that's pride. What will people think? What will they say? You know, I'm going to look weak and the list goes on and on. Underneath all of that, underneath all of those reasons why people don't give their life to Jesus Christ is ultimately pride. It's not always, but it's usually pride. Naaman's greatest problem was not leprosy but pride and all of us have to deal with the sin of pride in our own lives. Oh Pastor John I'm I'm, I'm pretty humble. No all all of us have to deal with the sin of pride in our lives because at the core the problem of sin is actually a problem of pride or sin doesn't matter which one it is at the core of it it's a problem of pride and for many people they give, they're willing to give assent to God. In other words, yeah, I do believe God. Yeah, I like the church, but, but they don't want to be known as a Christian. They certainly don't want to get baptized. They, don't, they certainly don't want anyone to know that the they people might think they're a fanatic. Why would I have to get all wet, have a bad hair day, stand in line, go in the water, do this thing? The reason why we get baptized is because Jesus commanded it. Jesus commanded it. And the Bible says for us to be washed clean, all we need to do is this really simple thing. For us for us to be washed clean, for us to experience salvation, we just have to do this really simple thing. Accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And ultimately it's about getting past our pride, our independence. An independent spirit which which can, continues to come back. and 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 try to grab our hearts we need to come before god and say i have sinned there's not a thing i can do to atone for the sin in my life i can't reconcile myself with god i need help from someone i need help from a third party i need what jesus did on the cross to be applied to my life and i humbly receive salvation we walk into the baptismal tank and we're and we're washed clean baptism speaks to us about the decision that we've made it's a it's a confirmation of a decision we've already made and it represents so many things one of the things it represents is to be washed clean of our sin I wonder there might be someone here today you've never given your life to Jesus Christ you say Pastor Joe but I'm a pretty good person and no doubt you are a pretty good person and I'm sure you are listen to what the Bible says says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God except you all have sinned I have sinned we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God none of us are perfect no one's I'm sure we would all agree with that one fact that none of us are perfect all of us have a leprosy problem a sin problem and the bible goes on to say for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in jesus christ our Lord. the wages of sin the consequences of sin is death death meaning eternal separation from god but the gift of god i love the way it represents as a gift it comes packaged as a gift the salvation is a gift all you need to do is accept it nothing else you can do to earn your salvation God offers you and me the gift of salvation through a relationship to Jesus Christ and the first step is to simply say yes to Jesus it's to invite Jesus into our life as our Lord and our Savior it's to say Jesus I give my life to you I want to serve you all the days of my life you're my creator you're the one who 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 has uh, has a plan and a purpose for my life and I surrender my life to you it's where salvation begins the Bible tells us the story of a leper in Matthew. And the Bible says, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, something you, you were certainly not meant to do in that time, and he touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of leprosy. The only thing that we can do to deal with the sin in our life is come to Jesus Christ. It's to fall at the feet of Jesus and begin to worship him. I wonder, is there something stopping you from making that decision? You worried about what people will say, what people will think? Don't let pride stop you from experiencing the miracle of salvation. The consequences are eternal. It's not what will people think that you need to be worried about. It's what will God think that's what we need to be worried about. And once we've made the decision, and then we have seal that decision by being baptized in water. No couple that gets married, get married because they made that decision that morning. Uh, unless you're in Las Vegas, of course. But in most times, uh, people, people, people that get married, it, it's, it's really a confirmation of a decision that was made way back when. When they say, shall we get married? Yeah, let's get married. And then they confirm the decision that was already made way back then. But it becomes a public decision. I want everybody to know that as of today, we're married. And it's a decision that's made before God. It's a decision that's made before the forces of darkness that are gonna come against us in every way, shape and form. Before God and these witnesses, I pledge you my love and faithfulness by the grace of God. Until death will us do part by the grace of God. There's a declaration before a group of people that we're married. That's that's what baptism is like. Maybe there are some people who have never been baptized. You love God, but you don't want to wash yourself in the in the river Jordan. It's like a, a husband or a, a man saying, You know, I really love you, but I don't want to marry you. You know. <laughs> That's what a guy says to you, girls. You know what to do. Some people they say they love God. I don't want to wash myself in the Jordan. Nah, it's too dirty. I want to encourage you. I want to make the decision to follow Jesus Christ today. I want to make a decision to seal that decision if you've already made it by saying, I want to be baptized in water I want to tell everybody that this is, this is who I am this is what I've done and if that's you today, all you need to do is tell us we'll, we'll schedule another baptism immediately, immediately and I just pray that we would come to know Jesus Christ Out of all the messages we can preach in church, and we can preach on any lots of really good topics but this is probably the most important message of all the message of salvation the message that brings us to the feet of jesus to worship him let's stand together i just wonder might be someone here today you've, you've never ever ever given your life to jesus christ or there was a time where you were a follower of jesus christ but like like the leprosy you started to give yourself to to sin it was just a little thing at the beginning but it's kind of been something it's kind of taken over your life. Hey, I want you to know that God is the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the fifth chance. It's God of grace and mercy. But all you need to do is you need to come back to Jesus. And say Lord I give my life to you so I want every eye closed every head bowed can't preach a message like this without giving people an opportunity to be saved and if that's you here today if you're saying you know what I want to follow Jesus Christ and maybe you've never made that decision young people maybe you've never ever made that decision to follow Jesus Christ why not do that today why not say yes to Jesus today it's all you need to do is is just uh is just open up your heart to him and invite him to be the Lord and Savior of your life so if that's you today, all I want you to do is put up your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to pray for you. Just include me in this prayer. There's got to be some kind of an action, kind of a response. And if there's no one, that's great. That's cool. I've done, I've done what I needed to do. But I just wonder, there might be someone here today, you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. All I want you to do is put your hand up and you can put it right back down again. I'm going to include you in a prayer. And If that's you, just, just do that. Now. Maybe you've been far from God. Today's a today's day to come back. Come on, why don't you just put your hand up and I will I will I will pray for you right now. So just a moment. I want church praying. Let's pray. Christians pray. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there somebody else? Thank you. In the middle here. Thank you. Is there somebody else? Is there somebody else gonna, gonna, gonna give you a moment here? Because this this is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And it's so simple. Just give your life to Jesus Christ. I wonder if there's somebody else. Two people have raised their hand. It's amazing. Is there somebody else in the balcony? You've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. You want to do that today. Just put your hand up and I'll I'll be praying for you. Thank you, Jesus. I want all the church to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins be the lord and savior of my life i give my life to you i want to serve you all the days of my life be glorified in my life i pray in jesus name amen amen why don't we give a clap to those couple that put their hand up come on let's do it in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I just thank you for this word. I just thank you for this word. I thank you that this is a word that's central to the whole Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Father, as we go from this place, let us have the spirit of this servant girl Who refused to look to her own needs what was best for her father instead she had a kingdom perspective and she made a difference in people's lives for eternity would you would you open our eyes so that we could see what you see and help us to be an instrument of reconciliation an instrument that is used by you to bring people to a knowledge of jesus christ we love you so much lord god we love you with all of our hearts, our soul, our mind and strength. You've done so much in our lives. You've blessed us in so many ways, Lord God. You've filled us with joy. We've filled us with peace. You've filled us with a sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. We're so grateful for everything that you've done in our lives. And I just pray, Father, help us to, to, to introduce people to you, I pray. Give us a vision of what it is you want to do. In our city and nation, we pray. And this we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen.